with boughs of holly, fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly, fa la 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 la. Don't we now get a barrel, fa la 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 la. Show the ancient old All right, we're live here in studio. Synergy Stories Holiday Edition number two. Um, Chris McPhee here, Travis McIsaac. Um, that was Lucy McPhee once again. That's a good, Travis, we got a lot of good feedback. I actually had an email from Toronto. Allison saying loved her holiday intro. The six. Yeah. Um, also got an email from a listener out in Alberta as well. Love the holiday intro. Love to have uh, Christian's interview. He was good. Yeah, he was really good. He was uh, really good. Um, thrilled to have our guest today, Mr. Kenny McDougal. Uh, I believe, I was thinking of this on the drive in here. Um, I think we talked about interviewing Kenny even before podcasts were even a thing. Yep. This has been in the works for a long, long time. Yeah, he's gonna gonna be a good guest, I think. No pressure, no pressure. There's a lot of pressure. No, is there pressure? There's not that much pressure. Okay, good. Uh, we got my pressure. We got a lot of feedback. People wanted to hear him. Yep. They hear me all the time, though. Not everyone. Not no. our audience. Anyone who's around here does. Yeah, but people that are in in the evening wouldn't see you. True, right? true. They might hear me if I'm here, but yeah. they don't see me. That's fair, it's a fair statement. And this is, we have quite an extensive audience on this podcast now already. Yeah. Define extensive. Uh, we got listeners all the way up to Whistler, BC. Successful. Yeah. We have one listener in Whistler. For sure. Yeah. So take the S off of that. That, yeah. that we know for sure. But, More. but there could be others that you don't know of. Absolutely. We track the analytics. I track you the know. analytics. Travis, you are analytics. So, Mr. McDougall's in the studio. That's yeah, right here. Glad to be here, guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too. Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me. So in. this will be uh, this will actually go out. We're not doing this on Christmas Eve, but this may go out roughly around there. Yeah, yeah, Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Christmas Eve would be a bad time for it to go. No, in terms of listenership, Christian figured to be a great time. Really, people could sit around and you know have eggnog, have eggnog. a little bit of eggnog, listen to a podcast about how they can be better in 2020. Maybe Monday. Monday's probably best. Do you know what I do every Christmas Eve? Watch the sound of music. Wow, that is, is Judy, it's traditional. Is Judy Garland in that? Is yeah. That the, no, no, no. What's her name? No, it's not Judy Garland. I don't know. I don't, I'll find it. I'll know. Google that during. You see, they're they're showing a, a wonderful life in theaters over Christmas. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> good traditional show. It's a good show. Good movie. Well, without going too holiday theme. Um, Chevy Chase has to be up. <laughs> National Lampoon. We're gonna get into. I watch that every year too. We're gonna get into a Die Hard argument whether. Oh yeah, whether they're really Christmas movies. Whether it's a Christmas. Whether well, they're on a Christmas. Yeah. Die Hard. Yeah. Interesting. 
All right, Kenny, thank you for coming. Give us a background here for those who don't Julie Andrews, know. Sound of music. Julie, Julie Andrews. Andrews. Oh, who's Judy Garland? Judy Garland. She's, is, an, she's an old actress. Yes, she well. is. Yeah. Former. We don't like to call them old. Judy Andrews, she didn't do Hannibal Lecter, too. No. No. She's so yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so we're going to this could be this could be the most unfocused segment. We plan on you being the most unfocused. Okay, guest. perfect. Yeah. And that's why we got Travis. Yeah. To focus us. First question, bring us back. Graduated from UPEI, um, ended up going through a number of years in uh, the educational yes. side as teacher, administrator. Bring us back to UPEI. What was the thought process getting into this line of work? Holy great question. So Actually, shout out to Kerr Jam Hockey Schools. Uh, Doug Curry, Mike James used to run a hockey school in Charlottetown. Kerr Jam. Um, Mike, Mike James is the only person in the history of the world to actually run a hockey school and never step on the ice once. But his name was in the title, Kerr Jam. Actually, found out that I enjoyed working with kids at that age. You know, between 16, 17, 18, went into UPEI and took at this at that time a four-year BED. You can take it right off the bat. After two years, you could apply to get in and finish, and I, so I did that. Uh, and then I went back and got a Bachelor of Arts on top of that. Um, one of the weirdest decisions, I think one of the biggest regrets of my life, I was playing hockey at UPI, and I left because I had two degrees, and said, I have to get to work. I had this, this thinking that I had to get to work and start my career, and, right. and if I could do it again, I would have stayed and took a few more courses and, and played Play, some hockey. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have your whole life to work, right? Yeah. That's my advice to, to younger people. But I actually started in the school system as a teacher assistant. Then I worked as a grade five teacher, grade three teacher. After five years, I went back to get my master's in counseling and human development. And when I, when I came out, I worked one year as a guidance counselor, and then I got into admin. Vice principal, vice principal, West Kent, East Wilshire, um, and then eventually principal Stratford Elementary, and then left it all. And then coaching the whole time. Coaching the whole time. Yeah, I have 25 years now of coaching. Yeah. So when I when I look <laughs> in the mirror and, and see the gray hair, I think it's well earned. Some good teams. Some really good teams and, and a lot of good people, right? That's the biggest thing I take out of it is the, the people that you, you meet and still have relationships with. But yeah, some really good teams. 07 Canada Games. It's a good time. It's a good team. Do you remember where we stayed up there? Yeah. Do you remember the Yukon that week? Yeah. Minus 40 the whole week? Yeah, without the wind chill. Without the wind chill. <laughs> and the rooms are like... There's like eight of us in a room yeah, and bunk, bunk beds. Four bunk beds. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. and a communal bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And Harry Harry McKeever was there with his ventilator at that time for his asthma. Right. That was fun listening right. to it at night when you're trying to sleep. Yeah. Sound like Darth Vader was in the room. Yeah. Stamco scored five. Yeah. That team had so we played Ontario, Chris, on national TV. Okay. Live, CBC. We lost eleven three. So who do we start in Nets? Tyler. I think Robin. Robin, then Tyler, and then Robin again. Yeah. We put all three, th or two goalies, three times. Yeah. Stamkos scored five. They had Nazem Kadri, Petrangelo. Hodgson. Cody Hodgson. Yeah, I looked at the roster yeah. not long ago. It was, yeah. it was a good team. There's seven of them played in the NHL. Yeah. So we lost 11 3 in national TV. Yeah. And we thought we played well. Yeah, we did. We did play well. We did play well. So. Wow. Some good hockey players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Looking back, Keep you on track. You know, <laughs> <clears throat> Love of Kids was got, got you into it. Did you have mentors at that time? Oh. Um, Who would have influenced you a lot back in your younger years? Jumping. So I had some really good teachers over the years. I had Everett Johnson. Everett just lives actually over here in Sherwood. Um, Everett, Everett was uh, a big support to me, um, for sure. Um, and through high school, great teachers. Um, 
Weston Carmody. Weston Carmody is deceased now, but he was a real charismatic individual. I really enjoyed him. And on the hockey front, I just had, I had the fortune to be involved with good people like Rory Beck. The late Rory Beck was a coach of mine who I loved, and Shane Turner and Freddie Yunker and uh, Nickel McDonald, Alan McDonald, and just great mentors along the way. And I got to play for Forby and Mike Kennedy and Junior. And, you know, I just think those people helped shape me and, and helped develop some love of hockey and some good work ethic and principles. And, you know, I, th I, th I think when I was when I was 16, Forby uh, Kennedy, so this is back in the days with no cell phones or anything, I'd be at the rink and he'd say, come on, you're coming with me. And we'd drive to Rustico and we'd do practices in Rustico for midget kids. And nobody knew where I was, like, right? He just drove me back and hopped in the car and drove home. And, Right. There's no mom. I'm going down to Rustico for me. Just you're gone, mm -hmm. and uh, but I learned a lot about giving back, and I and think those experiences helped me want to want to coach for sure. Um, kind of along that same vein, best advice you've been given? Anything that stands out? Oh, Jumpins. That's a really good question. <laughs> This is no second-rate podcast. This is no second-rate. <laughs> this is deep. We're going deeper. We're just getting started. We're gonna go. We're gonna go about ten feet deeper. Yeah. I, you know, one of the. I think one of the best things I was ever told was by Dave Cameron. Uh, Dave coached me with a provincial U18 team, and just stuck with me. And probably because my level of hockey ability, but it takes zero talent to work hard. And and I think things can be accomplished with. A little bit of grit and resiliency and tenacity and and I think that's the message I give the kids when I coach them too like the one non-negotiable is, is the effort you put in mm -hmm. I think that's good advice in life for anything whether it's school or hockey or relationships or whatever right. you gotta put the work in so that sticks out yeah that is good and I didn't have a whole lot of talent so it really gave me a mantra to play hockey with right yeah so yeah that's good Looking None of you, neither one of you are negating the fact that when I say I didn't have a whole lot of talent, neither one of you are disputing that. Well, I think we go back to Christian, if you listen to the last podcast, yeah. the three-foot rule. Yes. Know, and we look at people worrying about your own three feet. Yeah, for sure. You know, what do you control? And, and from us, from almost from a performance coach standpoint, it doesn't matter how talented you are. There's mm -hmm. things that we're going to work on with. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Regardless of whether you're Noah Dobson or you're a young kid coming into the gym, um, how you look outside of here doesn't really matter. What can we control to be better today? It's kind of like talent versus skill, too. Mm -hmm. Like talent's the foundation and skill is something you can work on, tweak a little bit. So, did you have more? No, go ahead. I got lots. With, with that in mind, you talk about um, hard work being in a non-negotiable. Looking back over your career, some of the best people you've worked with, whether it be other teachers, other administrators, um, athletes, what are some of the qualities that you look for, you know, whether you're hiring someone for the Mount Academy or whether you're recruiting a kid for the Mount Academy? Is there any particular people who would stand out to you over the years? Well, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of qualities that go into the two. A lot of characteristics you need if, if you're going to be a student here. So if you're a student here, um, the most successful students are the ones who are driven. And I mean driven in terms of they want to do well in all areas. They want to do well in the gym. They want to do well in the classroom. They want to do well on the ice. They're coachable, um, independent, self-directed people that are willing to take on a task. People that can take feedback and say, all right, you know what? Okay, I'm going to work on that. Um, 
people that struggle as students here would be ones who 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 don't take the initiative to, to, to do things when there's time to do them. And I think if there's anything we're trying to teach kids here is that um, is time management, independent, self-directed learning, uh, use your time wisely, ask for help, build relationships, those types of things. You know, when, when students come to teachers looking for help, looking for assistance, looking for supports, then they get all the help they can get. And the message to kids would be just don't hide from it. Mm -hmm. Like come and face it, and, and uh, you know if you're behind in assignments, for example, come see us, and we'll, we'll work. We'll work on a plan. Don't hide. Yeah. Staff hiring staff for me, it's all about that people have ability to connect with people, right? So nobody nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care, right? So that's the key to teaching: building relationships, letting people know you're you're in it with them, you're in it together. Um, you know, when I coach, there's not a kid in the world who comes back and says, my jump is you're a great systems coach, right? It's whether I was good to them, whether I pushed them, whether I try to help them in situations. You, as a coach or a teacher, there's all kinds of times you're helping people with things that have nothing to do with the sport. Mm -hmm. That's what people remember. So. so how is being an educator, I guess, different than being a coach? Wow. There's definitely a lot of similarities, but... Like what are what are some of the differences that you found? I think it's so similar. Yeah. Yeah, I think a good coach is an educator. Like a good coach is a good teacher, right? right? So you know, you go back to do you create a safe learning environment? Are people free to challenge or ask questions? Mm -hmm. I think I think the culture the culture of your classroom or your dressing room has to be one where people support each other, people build people each other up versus tear people down. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I'm in the classroom and someone's maybe laughing at another student or criticizing another student, then, then we deal with that about, no, that's not what we do here. Yeah. Same as in hockey. Like, I don't want a player coming back to the bench ripping another player. Right. I want them <clears throat> building them up. Like, good people build people up, yeah. even if those people are below you in skill or academics or what it may be. And I think that collaborative approach to teaching and education. Like there's weeks I think I'm a really, really good teacher here. And there's weeks I think I'm a really, really good coach here. And I'm so busy and wear so many different hats. I don't know if there's any difference. Or I don't know, you know, if, if I can combine them well enough to be good at it all. But, but there's so many similarities. I think that once you put that hat on, then you're in that role for, for in the classroom, on the ice. Yeah. Um. Whenever you're trying to surround yourself with people, do you look for maybe people that can fill gaps that you have? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think one of my weaknesses is I don't delegate well. I just take it and do it and right. I'll get it done. And I'm learning. I'm learning. And I think in order to survive, I'm learning to delegate. And yeah. I think the key is to find people that will roll the sleeves up, up to the elbows yeah. and aren't scared to work. Mm -hmm. And I like to lean on those people. I think I need to do more of it, to be honest, because we're in the early stages here. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're into year three now. It's time to start empowering some other people. Yeah. And uh, allowing them to, to, you know, like Steve Champion, like Steve, Steve has skills and things that I don't have. Steve, right. Steve has that mastermind, big picture, methodical approach, right? So, you know, I can't see me sitting down doing averages and scheduling and, and transcripts and right and Steve does all those things yeah Steve's been really really valuable to have that it's a good combination right yeah I'm, I'm sort of impulsive and energetic and and get things done and Steve's cerebral and intelligent and high order thinking and it's a good mix so yeah you want you need to surround yourself with those people and your point Travis about recognizing what you need yourself to be successful and finding that in others is huge
it's probably a skill in and of itself too yeah being able to self-assess and look for that in others well i'm 47 now and i'd like to think this uh, this is the most introspective (laughs) i've ever been in my life i don't know if i've always had that but yeah yeah you shouldn't be getting less introspective no i think i'm getting more i'm I'm maturing yeah at a fast rate though i might add but that's good yeah with that said and improving every day and the whole idea around you know introspection and looking to improve yourself every day are there books other different things avenues in which you do personal development or whatnot yeah i i go through phases i find with books so you know you go through a period of time where it's biographies you know biographies of successful people um and for me i still don't branch out too far from sports but there's a lot of lessons learned in there. Uh, I'm a big Malcolm Gladwell fan, so I just enjoy his approaches to common questions, right? And, and research and uh, and uh, just challenging, you know, conceptions that exist. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, enjoy, I think I need to read more though. Like since I've been in this job for the last three years, I find a lot of personal things that I normally would do have gone by the wayside. Yeah. Right, so that time to sit and read and reflect, I don't feel like I've had it. I find when I have downtime, I'm recharging. Yeah. Yeah. So, if there's one thing I would change in my lifestyle too, more fitness and more time for, for reading, and that's what I'll do over the holidays. Right, that's my recharge time. Right. So, and I find I do it during the summer, but September till June is just full throttle. Full throttle. Yeah. But I still have to make time to do those things. So. Um, on that note, what's one thing you do every day? Hmm. My favorite thing to do is get up early yeah. and have a coffee. Yeah. And I like to get in front of my computer and I like to take, get things done when there's nobody around. Because it's the only time in my day where I have solitude. Yeah. If there's one thing I've learned, you talk about introspection and self-management, to take time, peaceful time just for myself. Right. And I can get my day after a really solid start if I do that. Yeah. It's no one else's, right? It's no one else's, yeah. no. And I'm lucky. My kids, my kids, like, they're older now, but they've always been good to get themselves up and get themselves dressed and shower. Yeah. And you're in a stage with your kids that that's probably don't, you probably don't have the time in the morning, Chris. No. No. So I have that. <laughs> or try to. You try to. But but there's a stupid thing called, well. The bus? <laughs> uh, uh, just in case Lucy's listening in, there's this wonderful person who shows up um, every morning now, Daisy the Elf. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Trying to get up at four o'clock in the morning. Just to just see where Daisy is. See what's up with Daisy. See if Daisy came back from the North Pole. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, enjoy my coffee, is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, Riley. And Riley. Riley and Ella. Yeah. yeah. So, Riley Two beauties. would be Riley 17 in grade yeah. 12 here. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ella would be 13? Ella's in grade 9, so Ella's 14, 14 years old. Yeah. yeah. At Birchwood. Wow. Yeah. How have they shaped? Um, obviously, they would have shaped you as a person, but how did they shape you in your career? Well, they would be my greatest accomplishment ever in my life. Riley and Ella, like, they're two of, the, two of the best people I've ever been involved with in my whole life and will continue to be, and I'm just proud of both of them. Um, you're going to get me emotional here, aren't you? Such your, such your motivation. <laughs> that was not my motive. Um, you know, you know what? I'll tell you this. I've coached when I coached early, and sometimes I get criticized from parents about maybe the way I distributed ice time or dealt with things. And one dad one time said to me, "He said, wait till you're a parent, you'll understand." Being a parent has made me 
a better coach, a better teacher, um, because I get it. I get it. I get that um, when you're watching your own child struggle mm -hmm. and trying to help them through those times, and the importance of having someone in their life, like a teacher or a coach, who helps them too, and just doesn't write them off. Right. Um, yeah. So they're both great people. Riley's. Riley's a hard working, cerebral, quiet kind of guy who does have a great sense of humor. And Ella's more of an outgoing, energetic, charismatic uh, type kid. They both do well in school. They both have great circles of friends. So yeah, they're, they'll be the greatest thing I've ever done. Yep. Along, I mean, and Allison gets credit. Right. My wife, Allison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So co-creators. Co-creators. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to circle back a little bit, Kenny. I guess. I'll, I'll just ask it bluntly. What are sure. your What are your values, or is it something that you think about, or is it more of just a reflection of how you behave? It's a tough question. Well, I mean, core. I mean, I still go back to hard work. I think yeah. that's a, that's just for me. That's I take pride in hard work. I was raised that way, right. so um, I value that in other people too. Yeah. Right. So. Um, I value relationships. Mm -hmm. I think I, I I get energy from people. Yeah. Um, I I value honesty. Um, I think I know a lot of people, but my friends have been my friends for my whole life. Right. Loyalty. You know, loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We all go through times in our life where you really find out who your friends are. Yeah. Um, I like to think I'm a good friend to people. I think I value that. You know, I think I'm someone that people come and when they're having difficulty or struggles that they contact me and we chat or go for lunch and do those things. So, you know, I value that. People have done that for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think for some reason, everything just keeps coming back to just grit and tenacity and intensity and hard work. And, you know, if we look at this school and where we're at, that's a lot of sweat equity. Yeah. I think a lot of my value is wrapped up in how hard I work and how much I can accomplish. Yeah. I've always tried to be a high achiever. I don't know what that is. Um, but it motivates me. It motivates me every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you touched on it a little bit, but how do these values that you have inform some of the decisions you make, whether it's regarding, you know, the school or just your professional? Well, I, I keep saying that someday I'm going to write a book um, about the difference between fair and equal because there is a difference. Yeah. But one thing that guides me is you have to be fair. Yeah. And when I'm making decisions, they're not in isolation because they always have to do with multiple people. Could yeah. be parents, kids, other coaches, students. And I need to be able to do the right thing. And for me, the, the, the guiding principle of that is fairness, what's fair. Yeah. So say for example, uh, oh, I don't know, a student was sick for a week um, and then was able to be healthy and then traveled away on a hockey trip and then came back and they're behind the schoolwork and do you give them zero? Well, I don't think that's fair. Right. I think fair would be, here's your opportunity, here's your window, here's the expectations. Yeah. If the student does the work, then they deserve it to be, yeah. to be checked. If they don't, hey, I gave you an opportunity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when I make decisions, I think I try to take a, as impulsive and energetic and stuff as I can be, I take time to try to be uh, thoughtful as to, can I defend this? Right. And usually that's under the whole, idea because that concept of fairness yeah yeah that's a good one yeah you mentioned decision making and and taking taking time to think about things i'm looking at your career going from how many years in public 21 years 21 years with pension with pension and you decide to start 
private school. Yes. Um, the one thing that I hear from other people in the community who know you and, and they ask us about the school and whatnot is, geez, that's some risk. Yeah. Do you see it as a huge risk when you made that decision or did you see it as this train is going to happen, that this is something that's going to happen and I want to be driving it? Mm -hmm. Which way did you, and I, where do you see it now? Totally. So I've had, I've had this vision for a long, long time. I've actually was to the Department of Education with three different groups over the course of the last 10 years with this notion, idea, concept. And I've always felt there's a better way to do things. So, so my experience in public school has been tremendous, tremendous people, students, families, but I always felt there was a better way to do things. Yeah. Can, can we wrap this up during the day? Can we, can we get our academics um, uh, in, in a period of time along with a workout, along with a practice, along with study hall homework and have it wrapped up by 5 o'clock, 5.30 every day. Um, so I didn't see it as a risk, Chris. And I think, I think to be successful, sometimes you just got to go. You got to jump in with two feet. Like if you're going to the pool, you're going to the deep end. Yeah. Right? So for me, I didn't see it as a risk. I had a bit of a safety net there because you can take a two-year leave yeah. and go and return. But once I was here, I knew I wasn't going back. Um, so if you're going to do something, I think you have to, it had to be all in. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I gave up on a, a career with 21 years and a pension to, to, to do this. If this didn't work, then I would find something else to do. Yeah. Right. I wasn't worried about that. that I felt it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. I felt it was needed. I actually really was motivated by students from PEI being able to stay. Yeah. You know, I see so many people that would have to go away at a young age. And if you're any good, yeah. you got to go away sometime. But I was trying to think, can we keep kids here a year or two longer in their families, in their own beds, right? Yeah. But we end up now, we're like, I don't know, 70% kids from off island now. Yeah. So it's really, things have really changed. What was this, the next part of your question? Where is it going to go? Yeah. Sky's the limit. Like, we're looking, how do we diversify, right? So can we add music? Can we add arts? Mm -hmm. Right, so people people who contact me want the private education with the small classrooms, the study hall times, um, the flexibility to do a sport and or something else during the day. Like for me, the sky's the limit. We could add music, we could add dance. It could be, you know, in, in order to grow, we need to diversify. We're we're heavy on the hockey side of things, but for me, school culture wise and class composition wise, it'd be nice to have people of many different talents, right. many different abilities and likes within one classroom. I think that make for a great experience for the for the students. You know, mm -hmm. you're besides someone who's a, a gymnast or a soccer player or a swimmer or a musician, and we're all in this together and appreciating the hard work that each person is putting into their <clears throat> their given sport or what have you. What or how? I guess how would you like? How do you find that sweet spot of the right amount of growth? You know, without yeah because you can't jump three rungs on the ladder you can't right? and we honestly we went from 21 our first year to 75 that was a big jump just about broke us yeah like i don't mean financially i mean like energy uh, quality of the programming our new building wasn't ready we were over at the rink we ended up being there three months longer than we had to right it was a really good lesson in business that growth for the sake of growth isn't necessarily a good thing uh -huh. This year we pulled her back a bit and we're at 101, which is 25 new kids this year. Yeah. And that's sort of like the sweet spot every year. If you're 15 to 20 every yeah. year, then I think you can... Oh, 
serious. Listen to Terry. What would you like to convert? If you're 15 to 20 every year, then I think that's sustainable, right? Uh, growth for the sake of growth isn't. Right. Is, I've learned that for sure. Yeah. Not a, wasn't much of a businessman starting this, right? Learned a lot about business. And, yeah. And uh, still learning every day. That's what I love about it, right? So once we start talking about the school, I get all passionate here, right? I get all fired up, and that's what drives me every day to yeah. to to keep going in a positive direction and give people a good experience. Mm -hmm. From the from the makeup of the day, and this is kind of where where we come in. You would have someone who would say you're spending half the day doing sports and training. Yes. Do you feel that takes away from the academic experience or adds to it? It adds to it. Um, I mean, there's a balance like anything else, right? There's a, little, um, there's a give and take, but any research that you do, and you, you do a great job, Chris, of putting that stuff out on Instagram and social media, but the research will tell you that daily physical activity mm -hmm. goes hand in hand with academic success. And along with that comes time management. Along with that comes the introspection we're talking about. Like if we can get kids in grades seven to 12 to learn about what works best for me at that age. Right. You know, so I have a half hour here, I need to rest. Or I have a half hour here, I need to get my homework done. Or I have a half hour here, I need to stretch and roll out. If people can learn what works best for them as athletes and as students early, then I think it aids in the transition to high school, to university mm -hmm. and, and what have you. So. Um, also, I think when you know you have like four hours to do schoolwork and then you're going to the rink or then you're going to the gym to work out or you're going to the pool or what have you, I think that that creates a determinism or a focus in the student mm -hmm. to use their time wisely, but it also motivates them to know, you know what, if I get this done now. It's like the carrot. It's the carrot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and when you get to junior highs and junior highs, I vice principal for nine years, we started the first ever Hockey Canada Skills Program at East Wilshire. And it was from that, when I saw kids motivated to get their homework done so they could go on the ice, yeah. or were held back because of behavior, I said, we could do this on a bigger scale. Yeah. Right? This is just a small little sample size of how successful things could be if we made it bigger. That was actually probably the beginning of it all. Back with Windsor White and John Cusack and the boys. Well, was, Shout out to the Warriors. I was going to say who... Um Good afternoon, shout out John Cusack. Johnny. Taking over that. He's got a yeah. shout He's yeah. got a shout out on, well, this is the fourth episode. I think he's got a shout out on three of them. That's that's big. That'll go right to Johnny's head. I don't even know if he's a podcaster. But he's batting, batting 750. Yeah. So yeah, Windsor White and I met with Paul Carson from Hockey Canada and pulled this idea off way back. Like you're talking 15 years ago that we started that. And uh, I mean, it's nice to see other schools have come mm -hmm. on board and, and it's sprung up, right? So, but again, it goes back to daily physical activity, a carrot, as you said, and um, a motivation or a hook to be in school. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to get out of bed when you know you get to go on the ice. Yeah. Like, we don't cancel here, right? So, if there's snows, we don't have buses. So, if there's a snowstorm and everything's open, we, we're a go. Yeah. But the kids all come because they get to go on the ice. They get to go on the ice or they get to work out. And, yeah. You know, so. So, that. that that kind of feeds into the next question. Where does fun come in? And do you think you can have too much fun in school or is fun something that provoke that, that prompts a learning environment or you know, how do you see fun coming into all this? I think fun is for me, fun would be like one of the number one motivators in my life is to have fun. I think fun is school should be fun. You should look forward to going to school. You know, fun is Fun is, uh, how do you define fun? There's, right. there's wasted time, or there's, there's unnecessary activities, 
in the idea of having fun or there's focused activities that are fun that are innovative that are challenging um, students have fun doing well right in school students have fun getting to know their teachers students have fun getting positive feedback so I mean I think I think I think if you're energized and, and like the number the number one characteristic of a successful teacher is enthusiasm yeah so I think if you can create a fun learning environment um, then then I think that's what school should be I think people should look forward to coming to school now that being said there's a give and take there's time to to be serious and, yeah. and it's not time to have fun that interrupts teacher instruction or or the learning of another student but I think fun's a motivator that we all should have in our life every day we're only here for a while eh might as well have some fun that come from Thomas Shelby I think that's George Strait George Strait he wrote a song called Two Beauties Thomas Shelby and George Strait by the way I think I'd like you to break into the chorus of that I can't even remember the name of the song but I'm pretty sure he we're here for a good time not a long time that's a good one very similar sentiment yeah, that, what band was that? That's from the 80s. That was... Uh, Trooper. 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 Yeah. They Canadian? Yes. And they, here they come in a bright white sports car. You remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That They're one's good. better. Trooper's yeah. good. So one of the final... You're, you're getting into two different spots here. Thomas Shelby, Country. Like, those are no. two big passes in my life. So, so, so let's bring him back in because what do we have here for time? Um, We've been here a while. 30, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Usually, if it wasn't the holiday edition, what would be the question, Travis? Theme song. Yeah. Put a lot of thought on this because I didn't want to disappoint you. So we will end with his theme song. Yes, we will. Yeah. So this this last question, any? Yeah. Well, remarks? I've gone through. I'm in a big Kit Moore phase right now. I have Mass. one more one more question. Okay. Actually. Massive Kit Moore fan, right? But I'm not going to go Kit Moore. And I'm a massive Zach Brown fan, but I'm not going to go Zach Brown. It's yeah, I'm going back. I I had I picked this song originally. Travis shot it down, I didn't, and then, and then I, I didn't want to go with it because I wanted Travis to respect my musical choices. And then I said, you know what, be yourself, because it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll by ACDC. Yeah, it's a long way. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. I think the first moment we turned on that microphone for this podcast, we guessed that he would say that. You did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I, I changed my mind. You influenced me. I went back to it. I didn't, like, I respect everyone's choices to, like, the music they like. I personally don't like ACDC. No, and I'm not a big fan, but as a theme song, yeah. and you want to get to the top, put yeah. the work boots on, it's a long way to the top. Yeah. But we're going every day, and we're climbing steady. Angus Young. Angus Young. Yeah. yeah. Um, last question for me, Kenny. Yeah. What does high performance mean to you? Uncomfortable. I think, I think in order to to become high performance in anything, you have to struggle. And from the struggle comes the growth, and I say that all the time. So pushing yourself to places, academically, physically, that are uncomfortable, yeah. learning from it, creating grit and resiliency from it, I think that's what high performance is. That, that I didn't think I could do that, but, but I did. I'm just gonna throw in a little shout out here. Like, I, hard to believe right now, but. I've run three full marathons. Yeah. The biggest thing about marathon running is the point in time where you want to quit. Yeah. Where your mind tells you it's time to stop. Because it does every time. When you work through that, yeah. when you work through that, and then you have success on the other end, then I think that's high performance. And that's what we try to tell kids. And sometimes, 
I say to parents, let them struggle. It's okay that they're struggling. Because how are they going to get through it if they don't struggle? Don't come in and rescue them. Let them struggle. Maybe it's a bad game. Maybe it's a bad two weeks. Maybe it's a low mark because they didn't study. Right? Let's let them learn something from it. And then they'll build that great resiliency moving forward. Yeah. So for me, high performance, struggle. Yeah. That's good. It's real good. Is it? Yeah. It's great, boys. Thank you, Kenny. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. Thanks for coming in. Um, that was wonderful. It was wonderful. We hope the listeners uh, enjoy this holiday edition. Merry Christmas. A couple shout outs. Yeah. Yeah, Rob Christmas. Cameron. Rob Cameron. Yeah. Traveling. Is he? Where's uh, Rob at? He's listened to like all of them, I think. He's listened to them all. Yeah. He's, he's a big, uh, he gives us feedback. Yeah. Um, That's why I have this mic. So is he the one that, yeah. he's the audio audio feedback guy? Yep. Yeah, he yeah. gives us some feedback. Uh, I can't turn my chin without hitting this mic. Send a shout out to the boys at Lone Oak, too. Lone Oak, yeah. yeah. My buddy. Oh, I had to get up there. One of Windsor's young fellas. Yeah. Up there. And I saw Spencer Glantz uh, the other night, so. He'd yeah. be in here working out. Yeah. He's a high performer as well. He yeah. is. He Jared is. Murphy. He likes wearing the tight shirts when he works out, though. He likes the tight yeah. white. Nothing. You know what? We're not going to discourage that. No, 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 no. You got to bring it. I bet you he wears it when he bartends too. He does. I bet yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. No question. Good cat. No question. Um. So yeah, that's her. We happy start, holidays. Folks. Happy holidays. Take care. Started with deck the halls, and we'll end with great uh, job, by Lucy. Long way to the top. Let's do it. ACDC. All right. All right. So long. <laughs>